If you have your Bibles, would you open them up to the book of Psalm chapter 15 and stand up with me. We're going to read this together. Psalm 15. We're going to hit many different passages uh, this morning, so hopefully you're ready to move through the Bible. Uh, Starting with Psalm 15 and verse 1, it says, Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live on your holy hill? He whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from his heart and has no slander on his tongue, who does his neighbor no wrong and casts no slur on his fellow man, who despises a vile man but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps his oath even when it hurts, who lends his money without usury and does not accept a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. Would you pray with me? God, we just thank you for your word. God, that it speaks the truth. Lord, that you can teach us um, through it. Lord, that it's this love story from beginning to end, how you love us and you have a purpose and a plan for our lives. God, as we um, explore what your word says about the truth and uh, the importance of our words, God, we just seek you. So we ask you to be here in this place, just pouring out your spirit that um, you would uh, speak to our hearts. God, that uh, when we walk out of here, we would be changed for the better. God, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So, as Phil asked me to preach, uh, and uh, he said, well, go ahead and just preach on something you've been working on. I had to, to really um, think about things that have been going on in my life, and I think this is something we can all relate to, so it's good, but yeah, there's just so much going on in our lives, and a lot of times... Uh, things get clouded, clouded by uh, different people's opinions, different people's ideas. Just we get clouded by the world around us. And speaking the truth is a rather uncommon thing in our world today. Uh, People have an assortment of reasons why they may distort the facts and speak all the way around the truth. Many times... We can justify that with good intentions, right? We think that the truth might not be the right thing. It might not be the right time. So uh, we avoid the truth. But telling the truth, is it really that bad? Is it really that difficult? I mean, in our world today, we see a lot of things going on. And the truth would change things completely. The truth, I hope for you, as it is for me, something we seek after. Have we really gotten to a place where the truth is that hard to find and to hear? Like many things in our sinful world, it is a slippery slope that starts just gradual, you know, maybe with just a little lie, but then it starts to pick up speed as lies are told on top of lies, and pretty soon you're falling deeper and deeper into a pit, just like other sins where, you know, just a little bit and a little bit more, and pretty soon it just perpetuates. And it takes us into this pit. And it's a struggle to get out of that pit. It takes us to a dark place that we find ourselves we don't want to be in. Why do people lie? Why is it that we, we, we think that lying is going to maybe be the better way? We avoid trouble out of fear. We tell a lie to keep ourselves from the consequences of something. Maybe 
we're trying to protect others. Even as children, are we seeing them try and protect their parents because maybe their parents don't need to hear the truth because it would hurt them? I mean, we start justifying these lies in different ways. Are we really protecting someone by telling a lie? Some of us are in denial of what's really going on. And as we deny the truth, we believe the lie. As we believe the lie, we can't even see the truth. And you see how this perpetuates, and it just takes people into a place they shouldn't be. Sometimes out of shame, guilt that we have, we think that maybe, maybe it'll just get rid of some of that. We won't have to bear the shame if we just tell a lie to cover it up. These lies that we see around us, and maybe in our own lives, Satan loves it. He loves to use maybe even a little bit of truth to start telling some lies. And he uses those lies to take us to a place where we're stuck and we can't go where God wants us to go. That's what we're going to talk about this morning, the power of the truth and the power of our words and why it's so important. So why, why tell the truth? John chapter 8.32 answers that if you want to go there with me. John chapter 8, verse 32. And Jesus is talking about who He is and He's telling the people of that day and some are believing and others are not, especially the religious people of the time. They, they don't believe it. But some of the Jewish people do. And in verse 31 it says, to the Jews who had believed Him, Jesus said, if you hold to My teaching, you are really My disciples. Verse 32, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. How many times have you seen a situation and you saw that there was some lies, there was no truth, or the truth was distorted, and you knew that the truth, if it would be told, the truth, if it was known, would set that situation free. This verse is a powerful verse. It's a difficult verse because as we struggle with the reasons why we want to tell lies and we justify it, we don't see that really the truth can set us free. This will require a reversal of the way we live, a reversal of the way we speak, the reversal of our, our world around us. Romans 13, verse 14. If you go there, Romans chapter 13, verse 14. It helps us in this. And it says, Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. See, there was just a list of things that in the darkness people live in that we need to come out of into the light. And I believe that one of the greatest things is the truth. And as we see that, if we clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, and we don't think about how to gratify our own personal desires, which plays into the reasons why lying is so prevalent in our world, because we're trying to justify it through our own personal desires to gratify us, and we think that maybe telling a lie is going to do the situation better. If we are to live right, we need to clothe ourselves with Christ. No longer should we live for our own personal gain, but outwardly for the good of others. This will require us to take some action. This 
means we have to turn away from the flesh. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Great verse. It says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Guard your heart for your life. It is going to be determined by your heart. The things that you do, the things that you say, the things that you think about is going to be determined by your heart. So guard your heart. Put away perversity as you read on. So stay there with me. Proverbs 4, starting in verse 24. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Our focus needs to be straight ahead. We need to keep our eyes on the prize, so to speak. What is the prize? What are we longing for? What are we looking forward to? Heaven? Heaven? Can I hear you say it? Heaven. And how do we get there? Right? Because we're persevering. We are moving ahead. We want heaven. How do we get there? Through Jesus Christ. Thank you. You know the answer to this. John 14.6, familiar verse. You probably all know it. Jesus says, He answers, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through Me. He says, I am. And we look around in our world and we see all different kinds of ways that people think that they can earn salvation and find their way to heaven. There is one way through Jesus Christ. As you're coming and sitting under the teaching of Sunday school and and looking at the different religions, you are seeing that over and over, right? There's differences. We're comparing it to Christianity. Why? Because we believe that's the truth. That's what the Bible teaches and that's what we believe, right? That's that's what we are hoping for, that it is true and that we are looking forward to heaven and it has us moving forward. So as we clothe ourselves with Christ, there should be evidence of this in our lives. It should be seen by the way we live. So Luke, if you turn to Luke, just backwards, one book, Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 43. If we clothe ourselves in Christ, this is what it should look like. No good tree bears bad fruits, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Going back to the reason why we need to guard our heart. Because out of the overflow of the heart, our mouth speaks. It's a simple equation. If you are good, there's going to be good in your life. If you are evil, there's going to be evil in your life. It comes from the heart. Guard your heart. As we pursue Christ, we talk like it. As we pursue Christ, we act like it. And the result is a changed life. Which should mean changed lives all around us. And then, by the power of the Gospel, not only is our life changed and the lives around us, but we can see the world change. Is that? Are we clothing ourselves with Christ? Are we living straight ahead heavenward and seeing the lives around us change because of what God is doing. This should spread. It should continue to grow. What is it? It's building God's kingdom here on earth. Matthew chapter 6, 
Verse 33 says this. Seek first, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus is teaching on why we shouldn't worry. And as He goes through these different things, He kind of ends it with, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And it continues to say, therefore do not worry about tomorrow. See, when we worry about the wrong things, and we don't seek to build God's kingdom and pursue righteousness and the things that God wants from us, we get caught up in other things that we don't need to worry about. And we start living for ourselves. So if we are truly trying to build God's kingdom for His glory and pursuing righteousness, He's going to bless us. And some of that is in the, the relationships around us that they will get better because of the truth. That we will see that permeate into the lives of people around us and into our culture. That the good means more good instead of the evil that maybe we get concerned about. Because there are things happening in our world that are good. God is doing some amazing things. But we often see the other side. We, we buy into the lie. It doesn't have to be that way. We need to live in the truth. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. If you go there with me. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there for, by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into Him who is the head that is Christ. Don't be a baby. Don't get stuck in infancy. Don't be deceived by the things that we hear and we see and be confused. Be mature. Grow up. How many of us are truly taking this on that we are growing in our faith, that we are maturing in our faith? That's what we're called to do. And then we'll be able to understand this idea of speaking the truth in love because speaking the truth isn't always easy because it might be hurtful. And if we think that we can just speak the truth because it's the truth and not consider who we're talking to, where they're at, what's going on in their life, then it may not build that person up. So speaking the truth in love as we mature and as we understand, it gets easier. But we have to rely on God all the way through it. Because when we just do it out of our own selfish desires, speaking the truth may be hurtful. But when we see it through God's eyes and we're trying to build someone up, when we speak the truth in love, we can encourage someone. We can help them in the right direction. Because we're going in what direction? We're living heavenward, right? Because of Jesus. And He's going to take us there. And as we seek Him, as we mature, as we grow up, we can do this. We can speak the truth in love and help others come along. Go to Proverbs chapter 16 and in verse 1. And it says, To man belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. See, as we guard our heart and as we pursue Christ in His kingdom, our plans should align with His plans, right? And then also our words should be 
influenced by God. Now, if we're not maturing, that, that's difficult. Um, it's very difficult when we're concerned about ourselves and not others. When we're, we're concerned about building our own kingdom and not God's kingdom, to speak the truth in love and not hurt someone. It's very difficult for God to speak through us, for Him to be a part of the reply of the tongue if we're not focused on Him and maturing in our faith. So, as we guard our heart and we think about the things coming in, and as we pursue righteousness, God's going to start speaking through us because if you're like me, sometimes I'm a little bit quick with my tongue and I don't think long enough. If you have good things in your heart, hopefully good things will still come out of your mouth. But if you don't, what's going to come out? It's dangerous. Phil preached on this, Taming the Tongue, two weeks ago. This isn't new, but I just the things that have been going on in my life, the things that I see, I just think we have got to get this speaking the truth down in love. And we have to be careful of our words. It was funny, just a couple of weeks ago, I came to church and uh, Steve Johnson made a comment to me. Well, let me back up just a minute. A year ago when I moved, I had this doghouse that I built for my dog and uh, it was put under a tree so I just put a blue tarp over it. It didn't look good but it was under a tree so no one saw it. Well when we moved it, bless Steve and Patty Johnson's heart, they let us put some stuff in a lean-to and that doghouse covered with a blue tarp sat in their lean-to for a good month, maybe a little bit longer. And in that time Steve would give me a hard time about how the value of his home was depreciating <laughs> because of my doghouse with the blue tarp. And it was fun. I didn't mind. I was, I'm okay with that. All right? It was all right with me. But I was so excited. I put some brown sheet metal on it, finally got around to it. And uh, so Steve hits me up. Oh, my house, the value of my house is finally coming back up to where it was when you brought that doghouse over. I said, Steve, you know what? I put some sheet metal on it. It looks so much better now. You'd be impressed. And right away, we were just back and forth talking. It was fun. It was no big deal. I didn't feel... uh, I mean, it didn't bother me. I, I, I didn't take it personally. But it was interesting because the next week, Steve came back to me and apologized. He said, i got to apologize for something I said to you. What do you have to apologize for? You don't have to apologize for anything. Well, when I was giving you a hard time about the, the doghouse, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. It is all in good fun. But he just felt like maybe there was a misunderstanding and he went too far. And then so I said, whoa, whoa, okay, maybe I miscommunicated something and and I went too far and so we apologized to one another not that there was a need to but I appreciate Steve's heart in that he felt like maybe he went too far and maybe he needed to apologize and we worked it out and it's good I think our our relationships stronger today because of it you know we do that sometimes and it's okay other times we do it and it's not and when we're prompted to go to that person and apologize, to ask for forgiveness, we need to do that. It just sets it straight. We don't have to carry around this burden that maybe we offended someone. We don't have to worry about that person being hurt. But we take care of it. And that's what I believe living heavenward 
and making sure our heart is right and how it affects what we say and what we do. That, that's how it plays out. I've had that situation happen in different ways, similar with different people. It's always been Christian, godly people who maybe there's been this little bit of back and forth and later we have the conversation, I'm sorry if I went too far because that's where our heart should be. It's important, the words that we speak, how we talk to someone, and of course, speaking the truth. I appreciate Steve for that. It's fun to be able to share that story. It was no big deal, but it could have been. And so for Steve, he confessed that. And that's what it looks like to live righteous, to be free from guilt, to be free from sin. That when you have something on your heart you think you need to take care of, you go and you take that to the person that maybe is involved. You take it to the Lord and you you get rid of it. Because God reveals these things to us that we can live righteous by allowing us to see the things that maybe bring guilt or maybe that are sinful so that we can live righteous. Proverbs 15, verse 9, if you're still there, for me it's on the same page. Proverbs 15, 9 says, The Lord detests the way of the wicked, but He loves those who pursue righteousness. Now I just want you to think about our world today. I want you to think about all the things that are going on. Okay? You see it in the media. You've seen it in your own life. You've seen it in the lives of others. And just think of that and read this verse again. The Lord detests the way of the wicked, but He loves those who pursue righteousness. Are you living in truth in your life? Are you being honest with your life? Are you being honest about who God is? The power of the Word. God spoke things into existence. Creation happened because God spoke. Read it in Genesis. The power of the Word. It's very very powerful. It started with that. The power of your words. The power of your living. Honestly, do you know who God is? Do you understand who God is? Be honest about it. Do you know who Jesus is? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Are you honest in your life about who Jesus is? I'm talking about the good living good, right? The good bearing good fruit. Honesty about who God is and about who Jesus is allows you to be honest about who you are. Are you honest about who you are? Who we are before Christ? We're all sinners. Who we are in Christ? We can be righteous. We can be free from guilt or shame. Free from sin because of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Yeah, we should be seeking God's kingdom by pursuing righteousness, by living honestly in our lives. What do you need to do with that? How does that need to play out in your life? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up and according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. 
If you're looking for a standard, if you're wondering what a good standard is for, for you in your life, what you should say, what kinds of things should come out of your mouth, think about this, Ephesians 4.29. No unwholesome talk. And we're talking not just in church. We're talking at home, at work, wherever you find yourself. Because it is a reflection of the good that is in your heart or it's a reflection of the evil that is in your heart. No unwholesome talk. That is a high standard to live by. It is a hard standard to find being lived out. But hopefully you know people who are living that way. But maybe you're thinking, boy, there's a lot of people that I could talk to. Don't go there. Okay? Talk to God about what's going on in your heart. Talk to God about what He wants to do through your speech. You know, what, what He wants to do in your thinking. What He wants to see in your life. There's a guy named Alan Rufus, and I'm not like promoting him, um, his, his teachings, books, anything. But this quote I want you to see. Alan Rufus says, Your life mainly consists of three things. What you think, what you say, and what you do. Can we agree with that? What we think what we say, and what we do. So, let's just stop there. The good, is it coming from what you think, what you say, and what you do? Hopefully it's good. So always be very conscious of what you are co-creating. See, as we think about things and becomes words or deeds, what are we building? We should be building God's kingdom, right? We should be pursuing righteousness so that He may bless us and pour out the good things that we need in our lives. Is that what's happening? These three things? You're thinking, you're talking, you're doing. Because you are creating something, co-creating something with that. What are you building? And then he has another boomerang theory that I think is a great idea that we need to hold on to. And we probably have seen that play out in our lives time and time again. My words, thoughts, and deeds have a boomerang effect. So be careful what you send out. You've seen it happen, right? Where words that you speak have a way of coming back to you. And we don't always like how it comes back to us. But if we're speaking the truth, we don't have to... It was said this to me after first service... Not the first time I heard it, but when you speak the truth, you don't have to worry about what you said, right? As long as you can remember what happened. I mean, if you're speaking truthfully, you should know what it is. If you're making up a story, then you have to start remembering what story you might have made up. And that might change, and pretty quick, you know, things start coming back to you, and uh, you've played the little game telephone where you speak into someone's ear, and as it's passed around, it gets distorted. Well, if you start with the truth, you can go back to the truth. If you start with a lie, you have to figure out what lie you told. And then what lie maybe you told after that. And it perpetuates this boomerang theory. The things that we speak, it comes back one way or the other. And there's consequences to our words. There's consequences to what we say. Now, I have to show you this because I didn't have a joke at the beginning, but this will help illustrate our words and the importance of how we speak, what we say, and how we say it. So, woman, without her man is nothing. Woman, without her man is nothing. 
Now, women, you're probably not liking this right now, okay? I understand that. But let's just change it up a little bit. Woman, without her, man is nothing. You see how that changes? A little bit of punctuation? That's kind of like our words, how they can change with how we say it. When we say it. You know, if we're speaking the truth in love, what does that sound like? These two... You know, one or the other is an advantage to one or the other, right? That's kind of where we get stuck in our flesh. But that's not where God wants us. Psalm 19.14, I think this is something that we all would like to say. So go there, Psalm 19, verse 14, and read with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord my rock, and my redeemer. Would you like to be able to say that? Do you say that to God? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, God. That we would be seeking the kingdom of God. We are so fortunate to have freedom in Christ because when we try and do things on our own, we mess it up. And this idea of being righteous is just not possible. But Jesus has given us a way. And as you think about maybe your words or situations that you've been in, whether it's not speaking the truth, or maybe it's speaking the truth but not in love, or maybe it's dealing with some unwholesome talk. And I think we have a pretty good picture of what that looks like. But sometimes it's just as simple as being sensitive to the people that you're talking to the person that you're talking to and what's going on in their life and, and being willing to, to look at a situation and understand that what you need personally is to see what God wants you to say or do in a situation. So we are so fortunate to have that freedom in Christ because we are free and forgiven that we may receive through Jesus Christ. He has given us the opportunity to walk in this newness every day. Every day we can grow and mature that we don't get stuck as babies and be deceived. So we can mature in our walk and our relationship with the Lord. And as we do, the blessings of God are poured out on our lives. Amen? Have you experienced God's blessing because you are pursuing that relationship with Christ? There is no denying the truth, but yet we see people, and this happens all around us all the time, people with blinders on. They're blind to the truth. Because they don't know who God is. They don't know who Jesus is. And they don't know who they are. But can they see it through the way we live our lives so that the blinders can come off and the truth can set them free as the truth has set you free. That we can seek God's kingdom. That they can seek God's kingdom. And the prize that is heaven will be for them as it is for us. And that doesn't wait until... The end of our lives, that starts now. We can start living heavenward and it can give us the blessings and we can live on the right path. What is in your heart that you need to give to God this morning? Maybe what are the lies that you're believing or even telling? This morning, are there things that you need to ask forgiveness of from another person? From God? In order for that grace to 
abound in your life, that you can experience the blessings that come from God, what is it maybe that you're holding on to that this light, the love of Christ, would shine through you? Because we're going to have an opportunity right now at this time of invitation where you can take care of that. And I would urge you not to wait. I don't think this is any new revelation to anyone that we understand that truth is important and that our words are important and we need to live for Christ, but maybe so. Maybe the whole idea of knowing who God is and knowing who Jesus is and knowing who you are, that leads us to repentance. That leads us to forgiveness. That's the gospel story that leads us to the baptistry that we might take it in there, that we might make that confession and that we could leave it there and that we can walk in the newness of Christ. See, this morning you're going to have an opportunity, whether it's you know, praying with someone about some things that are going on in your life or accepting Christ for the first time. So if you've brought something in here you need to take care of today, don't leave without doing that. Would you stand with me and pray? God, we just thank you so much for your love and your mercy. God, that you would forgive us. God, that you would allow us to be righteous in your eyes through Jesus Christ, that we could be free from guilt and sin. Lord, that you would give us an opportunity to spend eternity with you. God, it is a freedom of choice. Lord, help us, as maybe there are things that we have carried into this room today that are weighing us down, things that we're struggling with. Uh, Father, that you would do a work in our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would just cleanse us of our unrighteousness and put us on the right path, that we would see your kingdom being built and your truth being told and lives being changed. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.